The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. We've had a number of requests from listeners for a shortcut on royal commissions as they pop up in the news fairly regularly. You asked and we listened. In this shortcut, we'll take a look at what a royal commission is, the power and effectiveness of royal commissions, and a quick look at the ones currently running. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big stories. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, whenever a scandal is uncovered or a tragic event happens, calls for a government to establish a royal commission aren't far behind. But what exactly is a royal commission? A royal commission is the highest form of inquiry into matters of public importance. They can investigate allegations of wrongdoing or simply just provide advice and information to governments on a particular policy issue, but the former is definitely more common these days. It's a process that's governed by the Royal Commissions Act of 1902. Royal commissions are not judicial, so they can't actually decide or determine anything, but commissions are given quasi-judicial powers within the terms of reference of that commission, and we're going to get into terms of reference in a bit. The findings of a royal commission can then be referred to the police. Yeah, a commission offers a number of broad powers to commissioners during the investigation, including the ability to call and cross-examine witnesses under oath. Also, they can obtain evidence, the right to entry and phone tapping. All of those sorts of powers can come with a royal commission, while also protecting witnesses and inquiry members from legal actions such as defamation. Royal commissions have been part of our system of keeping governments accountable for more than 100 years. They've inquired into some pretty tricky issues in that time. How many royal commissions have we had in Australia, Claire? We've had more than 130 royal commissions in our history, focusing on issues as disparate as television and how that might Mm. be introduced into Australia through to some fairly dark chapters of our history. That might seem like a lot of inquiries to some and not many to others, but ultimately they're commissioned uh, and approved by the Governor-General and away they go. Which brings us to the process of how a royal commission is launched and run. Let's take a look at that next. In Australia, a royal commission is called by the federal government, the state government or both. Yes, and the government is responsible for establishing the terms of reference or the limitations of a royal commission. They provide funding and appoint commissioners who are usually retired judges or serving judges and never serving politicians. Within the terms of reference, governments usually include a date by which the commission must report. Otherwise, I guess they could go on forever. The head of state, so in our case, the Queen's representative, the Governor-General, then creates the commission on the government's advice. And that's what puts the royal into royal commission. And it's worth mentioning here that a royal commission is different to a commission of inquiry, which is launched by the parliament and so reports to them. So that's the paperwork. Tell us about the scope of this kind of inquiry. So we've already mentioned the Commission's power to take evidence and also hear witness testimony, but there's a general framework by which a Royal Commission is carried out and the powers given to that investigation and they can differ from Royal Commission to Royal Commission. And that's dependent on those terms of reference for the Commission, which are established by the government. That's right. And while some commissions have a very broad terms of reference, such as the ability to use electronic surveillance, which has been seen in Royal Commission including one into the New South Wales Police Force back in the 90s, others aren't given much power at all. 
The ultimate aim for a royal commission is to hold people accountable for doing the wrong thing and create a plan or provide recommendations to prevent future wrongdoings. Is this how it usually pans out? Look, sometimes and sometimes not. That's Mm. because the findings and recommendations may not be implemented by the government of the day, but also there have been royal commissions that have found that things aren't quite as bad as people thought when they've gone into them. So it really is a case-by-case matter. There have been some that have changed things significantly as well. Let's have a look at some of those examples next. Claire, let's look at an example of a royal commission that has changed things. Probably the most recent example is the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse, which was established in 2013 and concluded in 2017. The commission uncovered a massive scale of abuse across institutions ranging from churches to charities to children in state care. It covered abuses from way back and also in recent times. What came out of that royal commission? Prime Minister Scott Morrison delivered a national apology to the victims of institutional child sexual abuse and to their families back in 2018. There's been a national redress scheme launched for victims, which is looking into compensation. And there's a number of sort of instruments within government departments and other areas to raise awareness of child sexual abuse and how to support victims. So some pretty strong outcomes there. And of course, the Royal Commission into Misconduct in the Banking, Superannuation and Financial Services industry got a lot of airtime in recent times. It really did. And (laughs) there was a number of examples of misconduct uncovered, which were quite shocking. The Royal Commission then recommended widespread changes to the way the sector works. And of course, as we know, a number of senior executives and directors of those banks and financial institutions have moved on from their jobs in the wake of that inquiry. So recommendations from royal commissions can then be implemented by the government to some effect. Do governments have to implement all the recommendations made in a royal commission? No, they're not compelled to do that. They're just recommendations at the end of the day. And usually it is that public sentiment is so strong that they don't want to not do it. But an example of where governments haven't really followed through with recommendations from a Royal Commission would be the one into Aboriginal deaths in custody. It launched back in 1987 and it finished in 91. It's now been 30 years since that Royal Commission and a recent report found that only two thirds of the recommendations recommendations were implemented. Some of those recommendations were aimed at reducing the rate at which Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders are jailed, such as non-custodial sentencing and diversionary programs. That's right. And 30 years on, the rate of incarceration for Indigenous Australians has actually doubled. Let's now take a look at Royal Commissions that are currently running. The Morrison government has three royal commissions on its plate at the moment. Let's just run through each of their scopes and due dates quickly, Claire. The most recently announced one is the one into bushfires. Black summer of 2019-2020, as it's now known. It's looking into Australia's preparedness, into the response and the recovery effort, as well as looking how the levels of government coordinate in those sorts of national emergencies. A report date on that is the 31st of August. It's got a short one. Then there's the Royal Commission into Aged Care. It's into the quality and safety of aged care. It came after a number of particularly disturbing reports of aged care residents not being cared for well at all. The report date for that is November this year, 2020. 
And then there's one into disability sector. So it's looking into the violence, abuse, neglect and exploitation of people with a disability. The report date on that is the 29th of April 2022. It's got a way to run. And the Victorian government has its hands full with the Royal Commission into the Management of Police Informants. This one was established in 2018 following revelations that Barrister Nicola Gobbo, or Lawyer X, who represented underworld figures like Carl Williams, was recruited by Victorian police as an informant between 1995 and 2009. It is touted as one of the biggest scandals in Victoria's legal history. The report date on that is mid-year, July 2020. And that's your shortcut to Royal Commissions. On to our recommendations. One of the most powerful things a Royal Commission can do is give voice to victims and allow them to tell their stories. While the bushfires can seem out of sight, out of mind, now that we have blue skies again, I'm recommending a piece by the ABC called Black Summer. During the fires, people were sharing videos of being right in the middle of surviving these incredible fire threats. And this piece tells the backstory behind those viral videos. So it's well worth a look. I've got a clip from ABC, an interview with Nicola Gobbo. It is quite a shocking scandal Mm -hmm. uh, what has led to that Royal Commission into the management of police informants in Victoria and really well worth a look. It's got more twists and turns, that one, than a spy thriller. Links to both of those will be in your episode notes. As always, if there's a topic you want us to take a look at, send us an email, drop us a message on social media. We'll take a look and see what we can do. If you're new to to what we do here at The Squiz. We also have a daily news email and podcast called The Squiz Today that's in your inbox or in your podcasting app each weekday at 6am with a short summary of the day's news headlines. I'll put a link to both of those in the episode notes as well, but you can check them out by visiting our website at thesquiz.com.au. Until next time.